What's next for the Twins in improving this roster before opening day on April 7th on today's episode of Lockdown Twins? You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Friday, March 11th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Been running at Twins Daily for over two years, been hosting this podcast for over two years. And I want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, what's next for the Twins? So if you listen to yesterday's episode, or if you haven't, I'll fill you in. I talked about Carlos Rodon a little bit. I mentioned an ideal offseason scenario after the lockout for the Twins on yesterday's episode, and it was signing Carlos Rodon and trading for Frankie Montas. That was the ideal scenario because trading for Montas and Basser, Montas and Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo is going to cost you a haul in prospects. I thought the most ideal situation was they sign Rodon for money and they trade for Frankie Montas, who I think is, is probably the best target they can get on the trade market. So that was the ideal situation. The ideal situation's dead. Carlos Rodon signed with the San Francisco Giants today for $44 million over two years. He has an opt-out after his first season. I think he's going to make $22 million or $22.5 million this year. I thought it was about right. If, I, if I'm signing Carlos Rodon, though, I'm looking for a three-year $45 million deal. That's what I was targeting because of the health. But I think because of actually because of the money on the books like i'd rather pay him 45 million over three years than 44 million over two because you need that extra money to go get other guys and make other additions if the twins were to sign carlos Hernan for that 44 million that's a, a large chunk of what they have remaining in payroll so my i would have favored something different if it was the twins but i, I thought Rodon was a great great target for the twins i wasn't shy about that i thought he made a ton of sense as a high upside play and if, if your plan is we're going to have a bunch of young starters coming up, filling innings later in the year, what if you get 100 great innings from Carlos Hernan? Even if he gets hurt, even if he's not right, you have to shut him down a couple of times. If he gives you 100 great innings like he was last year, basically, if he gives you last year, he's worth $22 million tenfold. Like He's so valuable because he's so good. He's so dominant when he's on. And that wasn't the case for a lot of his career, but it was last year. Certainly for Carlos Rodon, doesn't matter. He's a giant. So you look at the free agent market. I'm going to pull this up. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. If not, I will read these to you. But I want to I want to look at what's left because it's whittled. And Clayton Kershaw's off the board as well. So the final two, thanks to our friend Aaron Gleeman in his top 25, the final two in the top 10 in Kershaw and Rodon off the board. So what do the Twins have left to choose from? Uh, let's look at it here. Starting pitchers on the free agent market. Again, thank you to Mr. Gleeman for his rankings over at The Athletic. Yusai Kikuchi, former Mariner, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, left-handed, up and down, can be dominant at times when his velocity's there. Other times gets knocked around, can give up a lot of homers. He's the best remaining free agent starter. Zach Grenke is two. Michael Pineda is three. So you catch my drift here. Yusai Kikuchi has never had a season where he's above average as a pitcher. Uh, Zach Greinke is, I think, 40 
and really, really faded down the stretch last year and was throwing like 86 at the end of it, I believe. And then Michael Pineda as well. He was great for the Twins, you know, in his time, but he's also getting up there. He also needs to be managed in terms of innings, and he doesn't have the cleanest bill of health either. Uh, not a ton of upside with Pineda, 90-91 with the fastball, as we know. We know Michael Pineda, and, and there's not a whole lot there to get excited about. Now, would I take Michael Pineda back in this rotation? Absolutely. I would definitely take Michael Pineda back in this rotation. But at that point, are you better off just handing the reins to Josh Winder right out of opening day and seeing what he can do and not not filling one of those rotation spots with Michael Pineda? That's kind of been the point. If you're going to add, like, add significant pieces, add substantial pitchers to the rotation otherwise like just let I'm gonna head over here if you're watching on youtube <laughs> just let the young guys start in the rotation to be honest like at that point I, I don't know why you wouldn't so you look at the fridge market there's not there's not a whole lot left we knew that we knew that during the lockout we knew that before the lockout and now that rodan and, and kershaw are off the board it's really slim pickings out there i think kikuchi would be decent on a if the contract would matter there for him like maybe eight to 10 million a year for three years on Yusai Kikuchi. Cause there's some upside for sure uh, in that fastball. But generally I shy away from lefties in this division. I shy away from lefties in the league. And you might roll your eyes at that. Like, how can you shy away from lefties? You like Carlos Rodon. I like good lefties, but I think it's easier to get away with it as a righty. When you are facing such right-handed heavy lineups in Chicago with the white Sox, the Angels in the American League, the Yankees with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and the rest of DJ LeMayu and Glaber Torres and all these guys, all the right-handed hitters in that lineup as well. So uh, I'm not crazy about it. And you look at like the Red Sox with Xander Bogarts. There are going to be great right-handed hitters always, but I just felt like over the last couple of years, it's been even more amplified in that way. So like to shy away from the left-handers if you can, and unless they are you know, 95 plus with the fastball. Like Jay Happ last year is a great example. Signing Jay Happ wasn't crazy about that at the time, partially. And actually a lot of it was because he was a soft tossing lefty. And I, White Sox, the White Sox host came on this podcast, Herb Lawrence and and Chris Tannehill. And they were like, why would the twins sign Jay Happ? Like the White Sox are going to crush Jay Happ. And guess what? We got to the point where the Twins had to skip him in the rotation when the White Sox were on the schedule because they beat him so bad. That's that's the point it got to with Jay Happ. And I'm not saying Yusai Kikuchi is Jay Happ. I think he has much higher upside. He's younger. I think there's more to work with there. But generally, I will go after the right-handers. Let's get into trade targets and other free agents on the shortstop front, trade targets on the shortstop front. After this word from Built Bar, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. You already know this, but have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting flavors. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. Built Bars are not just delicious, though. Built Bars are actually healthy, and they are all about the taste, but they're also about the health. Four grams of net carbs in most Built Bars, 130 calories. You look at a candy bar, usually 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. The better choice is Built Bar, and it's better tasting. Plus, right now, you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off 
at built.com. Looking back at my list here, I will move over once again for you YouTube folks. Trade targets. We've talked about these guys a ton, and this is the only way the Twins are going to add a frontline starter. So I'm telling you, the only way they can make a significant addition in the rotation is via trade. When I say significant, I mean frontline. And when I when I say significant for a shortstop, that means like a four or five win shortstop. That doesn't mean, you know, trading for Paul DeYoung. Like that's not a significant addition to me. But on the trade front, number one target I think is Frankie Montas. The number two is Luis Castillo. Chris Bassett, I have three. Shaman, I have four. Sonny Gray, five. Talking a little bit about these guys. Frankie Montas, electric young starter in Oakland. I think you can make a few tweaks with him. Throw that slider more, throw that sinker less, and I think you might unlock a little bit more from Montas and, and have him take that next step. I think he's 29, going to be 29, I believe, this season. So really like Frankie Montas. couple seasons of team control left, pretty cheap, going to cost a little bit. A's are uh, looking to move for sure, move their guys. So I think he would definitely be available. Luis Castillo is very similar. Two years of team control. Uh, Cincinnati also rumored to be moving guys. I think Castillo, there's a good chance he's gone this offseason. But when you talk about just electric, like Luis Castillo, his changeup is his best pitch. It's like a 90 mile an hour wiffle ball changeup. Also throws 100, also throws a decent slider. Not great, but a decent slider. Again, I think the Twins could tweak him and turn him into a three, three pitch plus plus weapon there. Three plus plus pitches for Luis Castillo. If you're trading for Montas or Castillo, you need them to take the next step because that's what it's going to cost in prospect capital. The Twins have put themselves in this box. They have. They, they're they going to have to spend in terms of prospects if they want to go up get a frontline starter. Chris Bassett, I have third. One year of team control left. More on the salary. I think he actually makes the most sense for this team right now overall. If you look at ERA over the last two years in the American League, Chris Bassett, lowest ERA in the American League. I think it's minimum 200 innings. Garrett Cole, I believe, is second. Chris Bassett is first. He's a lanky starter. He throws like six pitches, throws decently hard, a lot of ground balls, sometimes can hit guys. I think he led the league in hit by pitches last year, uh, but very, very good. Like just solid every fifth day. Chris Bassett is at least the number two starter to me. I think he's he's very, very good. And that's one year of team control at a higher salary. You know, Oakland wants to get that off the books. So I think he's going to cost a whole lot less than Montas and Castillo. He's also older than those two by a decent amount. Sean Manaya is for another Oakland A's starter. So we talk about basically the whole Oakland rotation being up for grabs here. Uh, Sean Manaya, we've talked about as well, left-handed. 90, you know, low 90s with the fastball, decent changeup, solid. Like going to give you a high three ZRA. Every fifth day, again, going to be solid. One year left of team control. I think he's a little bit more expensive than Bassett. Probably would cost a similar uh, figure in a trade. Shamanaya, I like too. I'd be good with Bassett, Manaya. Uh, at this point, we'd be good with a, with any you know frontline or even mid-rotation starter, right? Uh, but I like Bassett. I think Bassett makes the most sense for them overall. Montas Castillo would be like a – that'd be like a huge addition. They'd be like, Wow. Uh, Chris Bassett, I think, would be a sneaky good addition for the Twins. And then Sean Manaya, he makes a ton of sense as well. I like the one-year team control aspect. Gives you a chance to compete this summer. You're also not locked up long-term into these guys in case something does happen, in case a prospect emerges and these guys fall off. Uh, they are free agents after next season. So I like that. Sonny Gray is fifth. I think he has two years or one year and an option, perhaps, left on his deal. Uh, Sonny Gray... I, we know the career. He's been really solid. Wasn't great for the Yankees, but uh, has had a really, really nice career. And when he's on the mound, and he hasn't been healthy a whole lot, 
But when he's on the mound, Sonny Gray is at least the number two as well. So when you look at these top five and four are right-handed, which I like, as I said, uh, they're at least a one or a two, I think. I think Manaya's probably a three. And then when I say that, I'm, I mean in a good rotation, like in a playoff caliber rotation. Uh, I think Montas is a one, Castillo's a one, potentially could be aces if they take the next step. Chris Bassett, I think, is a borderline one-two on that line. Uh, Shamanai, I think, is a three. And then I think Sonny Gray's a solid two. So I like all five of these guys. I think they all make a ton of sense. They're going to cost prospect capital. Again, the Twins have put themselves in that box. Uh, but I'd be happy with any of them coming or a multiple would be great. Like if it's Bassett and Sonny Gray, that would be awesome. If you ask me today, same prospects, Hall, do you want Chris Bassett and Sonny Gray or do you want Frankie Montas? Same prospect. I would, I would take Frankie Montas, but I would not complain about the Gray Bassett package deal either, because I think you can, you can trade for Montas and then sign Pineda. And all of a sudden you have a, a much sturdier rotation, especially if Montas does take that next step. Let's look at short stops after these words from bet online, uh, bet online. It's that time of year. Selection Sunday is Sunday from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. But online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts this time of year, man. Like if you're not if you're not making brackets, you're not playing at betonline.net, you're missing out. March Madness. It's not just that either. They got hockey, they got futures, major league baseball is coming back. They're going to have everything you need. BetOnline.net, thank you so much for all your support of the Lockdown Podcast Network and of Lockdown Twins. Head over to BetOnline.net and check out all they have to offer. It is outstanding. Back to my nifty little list. Shortstops, best remaining shortstops, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, Jonathan VR. Andleton Simmons signs with the Cubs today. We like to see that. Andleton Simmons will not be a twin in 2022. I think just too many bad vibes linked to him like just a bad season and when I think about the season I think about Simmons because he wasn't a part of the teams before I, I say the same as Colome and they didn't perform well at all so they are linked to a horrific season and if I had a choice I, I would take a little bit less production from a Jose Iglesias uh, overall and just not bring back Anderson Simmons because I again I just think the vibes are off I just think the the vibes are not not great the fan base is overall I don't think liked him very much uh, and didn't enjoy watching him hit. I certainly didn't. He was a hole in this lineup, an absolute hole. There's nothing more I hate more. There's nothing I hate more than a hole in a lineup, like an actual hole. And there's a line, there's a fine line between you're a great defender and you're a decent hitter and you're a great defender and you can't hit. Like you can't hit. You're a hole. If you have first and second, it's like a pitcher. It is very similar for a lot of the summer to having a pitcher in your lineup. And that's such a disadvantage because as we talk about all the time, the bar for shortstops offensively has raised above second baseman as guys are more athletic, guys are more, more guys are sticking at short, I feel like, and they're performing at the plate. You got to hit if you're a shortstop. Andleton, maybe a Hall of Famer because he's such a, I mean, he's a generational defender. And even last year we saw he made some amazing plays for the Twins, but it's just not worth the bat. He's just not worth the bat. Uh, Correa story, VR. I don't know about VR as a shortstop. I don't really think he's a shortstop, more of a utility guy. Trade targets, Gene Segura, Paul DeYoung, Nick Ahmed. So Carlos Correa is not coming to Minnesota. I hate to break it to you. 
Trevor Story would be amazing. And I've mocked lineups with Trevor Story, and it looks uh, it looks tremendous. Again, for someone like him, I would go longer at a lower average annual value for someone like Trevor Story because you do have to make other additions. Uh, with that being said, you're probably not adding a bunch of salary if you do trade for a starter. So you gotta you gotta combine them in some way. You can't trade for everybody this offseason, contrary to what the Twins have have looked like they're doing so far. You can't trade for everyone. You gotta com- combine a trade with a free agent signing or two. Like it's just that you have to do it. Otherwise you're, you're trading away way too much in my mind. Um, unless they're lower level, uh, I guess it's fine. But I think Trevor story, very similar to Josh Donaldson two off seasons ago, ton of sense at this point, there, there's no one else you can spend your money on. The twins are at 91, 92 million in payroll. They're going to get up to 125, 130 at the minimum, I would think. So uh, you don't have any, anyone else to spend it on. They could just spread it around. I think that's probably most likely. But if Trevor Story's still sitting there, like no one wants Trevor Story at, at the price, I think the Twins could potentially swoop. Just keep an eye on it. I'm not saying it's likely at all. I'm just saying keep an eye on it. I would love Trevor Story. I think he's great. And I think he would absolutely mash at Target Field, uh, even though his home road splits are not great. We know that that's been debunked times before. DJ LeMay, he was a great example. Nolan Arenado's fine in St. Louis, people. He's fine. Trevor Story would be fine. Outside of Coors Field, he's a, he's a stud. He's a potential 5-6 win player. Uh, combining his defense. I know at times his defense was shoddy last year. But again, I think people, when they're turned off to guys like stars who are coming off bad seasons, you got to remember, like, you're buying you're buying low at that point. You're, you're not going to get Carlos Correa coming off an MVP-level season. Like, the only reason the Twins would be in the race for Trevor Story, the only reason the Twins were in the race for Josh Donaldson is because of his flaws, because he's old, because of his calves, because of the four-year commitment. It's the only reason they got him. The only reason they would get Trevor Story is because other teams think that he's slipping defensively and that he's not going to hit outside of course. So that's why they'd be in the running. And you just accept those risks in in exchange for the potential that he's great for you and that he's a, a game changer offensively. We know they need pitchers, but they also need a shortstop. Uh, trade targets. Gene Segura is my number one trade target. I think he makes a ton of sense for the Twins. Um, making a little bit more in salary than I would like. But if the Phillies ate a little bit, He's not going to cost a whole lot in prospect capital. Uh, I really like Gene Segura for sure as a high contact on base guy. You know, not great on base, but going to hit for a high average, going to put the ball in play. And I think the Twins could use that uh, a little bit in their lineup. Nick Ahmed, another trade target, outstanding defender, kind of similar to Simmons in that way. Uh, Light bat, outstanding defender. But again, there's that line. If you're a great defender and you can be like right around league average as a hitter, it's a good player. I'll take you all day long. Like, that's a 4-5 win player, and that's Simmons and Ahmed in, in, in their best years. Um, so this is what we're looking at. And the Twins need relievers, too, but man, the list is so long. Like, I'm not even going to try to guess who they're going to sign for the bullpen. We'll just break that down when it happens. <laughs> like, I have no idea because they, they'll go down the list. They'll find somebody you never heard of at times. Um, Juan Manaya was signed to a minor league deal today. I liked him last year. It's not a, not a huge signing by any means, but I'm glad he'll be back and, and pitching for the Saints and probably will be up for the Twins at some point again in 2022 so that's what we're looking at here for free agents trade targets let me know what you think in the comments they got work to do and if they don't like they deserve a lot of criticism there's no question thank you for making lockdown twins your first listen every day we're free and available on all podcast platforms i'll make your second listen lockdown mlb paul francis sullivan please call him sully brings you his, his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present it's free and available wherever you get your podcast next week hopefully we have moves to talk about can't wait for that we're going back to five days a week later this month on the show. So buckle up, man. Go Twins.